Welcome to the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast. I'm your host, Mary Jolkowski. I'm an author, speaker, and all-around self-love advocate. And this is the podcast that'll inspire you to love yourself. Hello, my self-lovers. Before we dive into today's podcast episode, I want to make sure that you're giving yourself the gift of self-love. Now, if you don't know what the gift of self-love is, it's a workbook that will help you build confidence, recognize your worth, and learn to finally love yourself. And it's now available in stores and online worldwide. Oh my goodness, I've been waiting to say that because I've been working on this book for years. I poured my heart and soul into it, compiling everything that I teach at my retreats and putting it into this heartfelt, relatable, and actionable workbook for you. The cool thing is this book is a combination of me sharing my life story and everything that's helped me on this self-love journey, including body acceptance, and it's a workbook that you can actually write in. So every single thing that I share, you can put into practice right away. There are quizzes, journal prompts, self-reflection exercises, self-love challenges, all of which will help you with body image, confidence, self-worth, and self-love. I'm holding it right here. It's right in front of me and it's absolutely gorgeous. Not to toot my own horn or anything, but we've nailed the design on this one. It makes such a wonderful gift both for yourself and for your loved ones. Perhaps you have a friend that could really use this message and that, you know, needs a little push, loving push in the right direction. And I think that this book is just a great gift. Hence, the gift of self-love. So if you haven't gotten it yet, you can get it today by going to maryscupoftea.com slash book. I'm certain that the tools I share in this book will change your life as much as they've changed mine. So again, that's maryscupoftea.com slash book and give yourself the gift of self-love. Hello, my self-lovers. Welcome to another episode of the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast. I have been sitting here for about an hour racking my brain trying to think of what to record a podcast episode about. And the truth is, I am really tired, really, really tired. I'm actually recording this right before the Costa Rica self-love retreat. So I'm recording this on a Wednesday and I leave early Saturday morning. I'm going to be in Costa Rica. I'm hosting the biggest retreat in the history of Retreats by Mary. It's going to be a lot of women and the space that we have is just absolutely incredible. And everything that I have planned for this retreat, I've been envisioning for nearly two years and it kept getting postponed because of the pandemic. So needless to say, I am really, really excited about this retreat coming up. And all my time and energy and attention has been going towards preparing for that. But I also wanted to record this podcast episode in advance because consistency. (laughs) I didn't want to skip out on a week of podcasting and I decided to be proactive. And again, because I am, my brain is like so preoccupied with the retreat along with some personal stuff, I really wanted to sit down on today's podcast episode and do more of a personal episode where I just talk to you. And the reason for that is because there's some like life things happening and I haven't shared them with you. And so I wanted to give you an update on my therapy journey and my thoughts on marriage. It's probably the number one question that I get on Instagram is, 
when are you and boyfriend getting married? (laughs) And you'll see that every so often I like reshare a picture of a ring I like and I just leave it there on my stories for absolutely no reason at all. Boyfriend, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Kind of, sort of, but not really. Um, Anyways, the therapy update and the like my thoughts on marriage is pretty related because if you listen to the episode a year ago that I released called Why I'm in Therapy, I talk about how my primary reason for starting therapy is because of my insane fear of marriage and not so much marriage, but actually divorce and the potential of a relationship not working out especially when you're like really deep into it with marriage and finances intertwined and thinking about kids and just all of that stresses me out. And of course, it's highly related to my childhood because uh, I always joke that I have been through three divorces without ever having been married myself. And that is vicariously through my parents. So It's been quite a wild ride and I really just saw an ugly side of it, not just with my parents, but also my sister's parents. We have the same mom, but different dads. And now my mom is happily remarried and love our new stepdad and all of that has worked out. But there's still a lot of stuff coming out from childhood that I'm till this day grappling with, especially because boyfriend and I are pretty serious. And we talk about marriage and we talk about having kids and the hopeless romantic side of me is like, oh my God, I can't wait. And I have a Pinterest board with wedding stuff and I look at rings and I think about what our kids are going to look like. But then this other side of me is just absolutely paralyzed with fear or so I used to be before I started therapy. So here's how this all ties in. About a year ago, actually right at the start of the pandemic, so it's been over a year, I decided to start doing therapy because I wanted to be proactive about dealing with these fears I have in my relationship. A lot of it were tied to self-worth because I also got out of like a really tumultuous, toxic relationship before boyfriend. It was a crazy two years of my life. And unfortunately, it's a story that I can't share because of privacy and respect for the other person. But long story short, it involved like addiction and a lot of codependency and what I'm realizing to be just like, I don't know, very a very unhealthy dynamic that taught me so much and also left me with some baggage. So I wanted to like go into this relationship with boyfriend, especially as we started getting deeper and started living together, I wanted to be really proactive on dealing with this stuff that is coming up. So what I always say is that with therapy, you don't have to go because something is wrong. It could just be you taking your mental health seriously, just like taking your vitamins as a form of preventative care. Therapy is a form of preventative mental health care. So it's not just all about trauma and wounds and heavy talks and tears, it can also be just like relaxing and fun and someone to talk to and self-exploration. And it can be both. So that's what I really learned a lot in therapy. And I came into it with this intention of, I want to go to therapy because I want to, I don't know, get more comfortable with the idea of commitment 
to one person and, and marriage and not be so afraid of it because I have a really good thing going and I tend to self-sabotage or at least I used to. So I came in with that. And then, of course, just like with any journey, you realize that it's about so many other things. And there's a lot of things that I had to just cope with and forgive and let go of. And some of those included how I saw the divorce, like my parents' divorce. And I know it's like so cliche for a white girl who's like middle class-ish kind of, uh, not always, but it's it's really cliche for, for somebody in my position to talk about how divorce was so traumatic and it fucked me up. And the truth is it did. And it's hard for anyone. And I think there were just a lot of layers to my parents' divorce because it wasn't simple. Uh, it was like an 18 year long process, maybe like 16 years, but I, I still feel like I'm dealing with it. Like I still get flashbacks to like court and being forced for visitation and flying back and forth from California to Arizona and my mom's and dad's via Southwest. The guy who used to supervise me on the Southwest flight, I saw him a couple years back because I flew through that airport and he literally cried when he saw me because he 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 watched me grow up. He watched my my dad drop me off every month at that airport. And it was just really, really emotional. So anyways, I don't know where I'm going with this. Like I said, this episode is not planned. It's just me kind of sharing my heart. So I went into therapy with that intention. And of course, it helped so much. I think some of the key things that I learned is that I'm not my parents. (laughs) And I know that we tend to kind of repeat traumas from our childhood or just circumstances from our childhood because they're subconsciously comfortable to us. So we subconsciously recreate them or we we kind of force them into existence just by like thinking that it's going to happen. So for example, if you have a story in your head that says all marriages end in divorce, then you could subconsciously like sabotage your marriage and it'll end up in divorce just so you can be like, ha I told you I was right all along. So that's kind of how like self-sabotage works in some instances. And so, of course, that's something that I was afraid of. I was afraid of being the self-fulfilling prophecy. And through therapy, I was able to realize that even though I came from my parents, like obviously I'm their offspring, you're also an entire whole human who thinks for themselves, who has a totally different life, totally different circumstances, totally different outlook, different beliefs, like so many things are different. And I know we like to joke about how, oh, I'm turning into my mom. And I definitely see aspects of that. But the truth is like the actual truth is that I'm a totally different person and their story does not have to be my story. The other thing that I learned is that divorce is also not the worst thing in the world, even though it was really bad in my childhood because of the way things worked out um, or (laughs) didn't work out. It's also not that for everyone. And it's also something that a lot of people go through and truly isn't like life or death. And I think the first person to bring this up to me was actually 
the organizer of my TED Talk. So when I was rehearsing for my TED Talk, the people who organized it hosted me in their home. And I got to spend a little bit of time with them. And they both were divorced. And then they found each other. And it was beautiful. And they, I remember telling Daphna, the head of the the TEDx event in Cherry Creek, about how I'm just so scared of like the second shoe dropping and divorce. And she looked at me and said, Mary, I know it wasn't like that for you. And I know as a kid, it seemed like this divorce was the worst thing in the world. But I promise that it's not. It's just not. It doesn't have to be. And so even though it feels like a big fear, it also doesn't have to be as big as it is in your head. She said something along those lines, and I really carried it with me. And it's something that I kept on practicing in therapy. The other thing about therapy is that your counselor holds the space for you to practice new thoughts and new beliefs about yourself. A good therapist, I've noticed, will make you repeat certain phrases. Like they'll make you actually say them. So my therapist would say, let me hear you say that. And I have to like say it out loud, even though it feels kind of weird, but I have to say this new belief out loud. And the follow-up that she would ask me is something like, okay, so next time you're feeling like this, or next time you're afraid that things will end badly for you, what are you going to tell yourself? So it's kind of like this pretty basic way of just self-talk and practicing that self-talk with a therapist, somebody who's professional at it. And then this is the really cool part. You actually start to hear your therapist's voice in your head outside of the therapy sessions. (laughs) Like I have full on conversations with my therapist in my head. It is hilarious. By the time I get to session, I'll be like, Nina, I already talked to you about all of this. And I know what you're going to say. And I know you said this and that like literally a whole conversation in my head (laughs) with my therapist. But that's actually really, really powerful because it's a different form of self-talk, even though the, how do I say it? The like proxy for myself and my brain is the face of my therapist. I just said that so weird. What I meant to say is like, even though I'm picturing talking to my therapist in my head, I'm essentially just talking to myself, which is the definition of self-talk. So Even that alone is so valuable. And the other thing that was really cool about therapy is the way the sessions are structured. So it's 45 minutes every week, or at least that's how I did it. Of course, it's different for everyone. But I'm a talker, if you haven't noticed. And at session, I felt like we were just getting to some sort of breakthrough or some sort of like deep part about 44 minutes into session. And at 45 or 50 minutes, my therapist would be like, okay, this is where we're going to end. Let's get back to this next week. When do you want to schedule session for? And I remember the first couple of times that would just break me because I'm like, what? I'm in this emotional state and I'm getting somewhere and I'm discovering something about myself. And now session is over and I'm left just like feeling like this alone with my thoughts. The first couple months of that was pretty difficult. And then as I got into the flow of things, what it taught me was that I can 
feel my feelings. I can have the time and space to process them. And when the time is up, I can move on with my life or I can sit there by myself and stay in that processing mindset. But I have full permission to know that there is time to work on this, to know that it is ongoing. It created this sort of mindset of continuity instead of feeling like I have to do everything right now. I have to get everything figured out right now. If I don't get my shit together immediately, then I'm a failure. Then I can't move on with my life. Then I can't do anything with myself. Then like that story. And I used to be like a very extreme kind of person. Whereas I feel like now because of that mindset of continuity and just knowing that I'm going to see my therapist next week and trusting that I could revisit that conversation and giving it time also, like time really does heal. Even if it feels really hard in the moment, a day goes by and it's not as difficult anymore. You you come to see things from a different perspective from like hindsight 2020, right? Is that what they say? Like you have um, better vision when you're kind of zoomed out of that place. So because of that, just structure alone, not even what my therapist said or did with me during session, but just the act of showing up every single week for myself and then putting it aside, compartmentalizing a little bit, you know, obviously giving myself time to process and maybe talk about it with my boyfriend or doing the homework that my counselor assigned to me, but also like giving it an end time and then coming back to it, it, it was just so freeing. It was just so uh, such a nice practice and habit to get into that not everything has to be so extreme and so abrupt and so um, like pressurized. And as somebody who's put a lot of pressure on herself my entire life, like I, I just get a little bit obsessive about things. Like if I'm working on something, I will not stop until it's perfect. And I'll sit there and I'll just tinker and I'll I'll drive myself crazy. I'll go over scenarios in circles. I'll overthink things. I, I stay up really late at night when my brain is in that space. But thanks to therapy, I'm able to cope and get out of that space just a little bit more I don't know, just it's just a little easier. It's a little more fluid. I don't know if that made any sense at all. But if you are in therapy, I think you'll understand. And if you're not, I highly recommend it or any kind of ritual. It doesn't have to be therapy. But that's the beauty of ritual is that you know that you show up at that time on that day, every week or every day or even every month. And you know that it's going to come next month too. And that just brings so much peace to our brains because essentially our brains are creatures of habit and we like that sense of continuity. But we're not always accustomed to dealing with that, especially if you've faced some kind of trauma or betrayal or uh, extremism in your life or situations where you couldn't fully trust yourself or your caretakers, for example, that's a big one. If you had like a very tumultuous upbringing or past relationship, it's really difficult to, to kind of just let yourself be because everything was always so chaotic. So branching off of that, one of the biggest things I learned about myself in therapy is that because my childhood and, and my past like romantic relationships and just my life has always been so wild. Like if I told you my childhood life story, you probably would never believe it because it was just 
insane. And I never realized it was until I told some of it to my therapist or until I talked to boyfriend who had like a pretty stable upbringing and they just sit there like wide eyed. And to me, it's totally normal. Like it's just what I've had to deal with, you know? So what, what I realized, and especially because of the timing of the pandemic and everything, is that I tend to thrive in chaos and it's because I'm used to it which seems cool. But the flip side of that is I create chaos when things are peaceful and I don't let myself accept stability. And through therapy, especially through the past six-ish months, I feel like I've really gotten to a place where stability is sexy. That's one thing that my therapist would tell me over and over and over again. Stability is sexy. And I've applied that to my relationship. I've applied that to the way I do my work. I no longer seek chaos because I literally used to seek chaos and, and create these harsh deadlines and do these big extreme things um, just to feel this sense of like this. It's almost kind of a high. I don't know how to explain it, but obviously my brain is wired a certain way to just really, really be comfortable in chaos. And so through therapy, I feel like I've slowly but surely am starting to rewire that. And that's not to say that I don't take on big projects or I don't want to challenge myself or I don't like adventure and excitement. Like, of course I still do, but I no longer associate, associate chaos and drama with love. And one of the first big questions that my therapist posed to me was, why am I addicted to drama-filled love? And it's because I, I had this story in my head that unless it was tumultuous or crazy or, or wild, then it wasn't passionate. Then, then we weren't in love. Then there was nothing to live for. Then it was boring. Then it wasn't exciting, you know? So anyways, I know that's just like a lot I, I threw at you, but just some like personal things that I've been learning in therapy. And on that note, I also have my last therapy session tomorrow. And I decided through full sovereignty that I'm not going to be doing therapy every week anymore. Uh, I've been doing it for like, what, 15 months. And as I go off to Costa Rica and I'm hosting my retreat and I'm traveling a little bit, I feel like I'm in a good place where I can really just be on my feet without seeing my therapist every week. And that's not to say that I won't come back. I probably will. But I also want to see what it's like to trust myself. And I, I always knew that this was going to be temporary. I did not want to be in therapy for years and years and years. Although I definitely see the value in that because again, you, you have somebody to talk to. Um, and that is so important. But even the way my therapist works, she said from day one that my intention isn't that you feel like you need me all the time. It's more so to empower you to have the tools within yourself. And I love that. So I'm going to try it out. <laughs> I'm going to be a free bird for a little while. And I know that my therapist will always be there for me if I need her. I can just go back on to better help and request a session and she'll be there. And she said that if for whatever reason she's not on the platform anymore, she will email me. So I'm going to trust that and I'm going to see what happens. And another cool update is that I'm no longer terrified about getting married. <laughs> I'm actually really, really excited. And um, I know that it's not for everyone and everybody has different beliefs about marriage, especially 
how it shows up in modern day versus how it was traditionally. And of course, there's a lot of debate on is it necessary or, you know, why does society kind of force us to feel like we have to be married in order to be worthy? And I feel like I've worked on that enough to know to myself that know for myself that I do want to get married, um, or at least I'm not (laughs) against it or terrified of it like I was before. And I'm actually really, really excited. So anyways, we're not engaged or anything like that. I don't even know why I made this episode. It's probably a little misleading, but just wanted to share this to show you that even if you have some big fear, or even if there's some big story or belief that has been in your head for a while that you just can't seem to let go of, there is so much hope and you can empower yourself to believe whatever you want to believe. And that is going to create your reality. That's going to be like the diving board off of which you jump from in so many areas of your life. So yeah, I don't know if this was... (laughs) valuable or helpful at all, but I hope you enjoyed this personal update and I'll talk to you when I get back from Costa Rica. Love you. Bye. One last thing before we farewell, if you've been enjoying the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast, we would greatly appreciate if you could leave a short review on iTunes slash Apple podcasts. Your feedback helps the show so, so much. I absolutely love hearing from you. And as somebody whose love language is words of affirmation, your words mean the world to me. Just go to the Apple podcasts app and scroll all the way down until you see the review section. And from there, you can just tap the star thing and leave your own review. Thank you so much for supporting me and this greater message of self-love for all. Also, feel free to send this episode to a friend and spread the gift of self-love. And speaking of the gift of self-love, make sure you pick up my book, which is available in stores and online worldwide. Just head to maryscupoftea.com slash book, and you'll find all the links to give yourself the gift of self-love. I love you all so, so much, and I will talk to you next time. Mwah.